So you'll notice a running theme in the service, the beginning and the end. It's because for the rest of this year, we'll be walking through not all of the Bible, but a good chunk of the Bible together in Sunday services. Uh, and as we are hosting particular scriptures from the Bible, the children in children's church will be hosting the same. So we can actually have conversations about it, especially as parents and children. That's a way for us to actually interact and uh, grow in our faith life together. Um, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I need all the help I can get when it comes to my children. Um, but it's also with each other. We don't necessarily know the full story. Even, even many of us who have grown up in church, it, we sort of relied on the culture to teach us the story through osmosis, through if you would go to Sunday school or you would watch Charlton Heston movies or something like that, you would know the Bible. Uh, that time is no more. Uh, so for us, it is a way of actually getting the full story on our hearts. And today we're actually beginning with the beginning and the end because we don't think that you can understand a story until you know how it begins and you know how it ends. So there's my spiel about the rest of the year. Um, let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength, our creator, our rock, our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. So I remember back in university, observing a panel discussion. This panel discussion was on climate change. Part of the panel involved a discussion about how, if not most industrialized countries, um, in most industrialized countries there was trouble getting people to believe in climate change. In most of them, there, was, there wasn't a lot of trouble in most of them let alone doing something about it. And in this panel, they talked about how the United States, on the other hand, was a country that was full of people hard to convince about the truth of it, and even harder to convince them to take action. Then the host of the panel asked why the panel members thought that was. And I don't remember much about this discussion other than this. There was a participant in this panel who simply said flat out, Christianity. Christianity. Because so Americans held fast to Christianity, she argued, they were less likely to care about the state of the environment. Christianity, she said, is a world-denying religion. She said that the point of the Christian faith was to do good in order to escape the suffering, decay, and violence of the human flesh, to escape earthly existence in order to spend a life of bliss with God and the angels in heaven, one that is no longer imprisoned to decay, an earth that is no longer imprisoned to decay. Christians either didn't care about climate change or didn't believe in it, she argued, because the earth is only a springboard there's my springboard, or a jumping off point into eternity, a place better other than this one, and a place better than this one. 
Now, regardless of the truth or untruth about climate change, this is not a sermon about climate change. You will not hear a sermon about climate change from me, at least not directly. I think there was something worth paying attention in what she said, in how this woman described the Christian faith and the story that it told, or at least some versions of it, how it's often presented to us and how we present it to others. Now, this may seem like a kind of extreme example, but it's how Christianity is often presented to outsiders. It's how non-church people see the faith. It's how I saw the faith before I became a Christian. It's how we often present it to ourselves as well, that it's all about leaving this world for the next one. That this world is a training ground or preparation for individual souls on their way to another one. That it deals primarily with what happens to us when we die as individuals. And I'd hate to say it, but if that is what Christianity is all about, what Christian faith is all about, the woman on the panel was completely right. If that's what Christianity is about, that woman was completely right. We can forget about forests. We can forget about oceans. We can forget about fisheries, unless we ask that question, do all dogs go to heaven sort of thing? We can even forget about our backyard gardens. Everything good and beautiful in this world, we can just let them go. That if Christianity is all about going to another place when we die, then really we shouldn't worry at all about what happens to this one. If that's the case, we can forget all these things. And as long as we don't do anything too bad to anyone else, then maybe we can rest easy. We can rest easy if this is the story we tell. If this is the story we tell, and if this is the story we believe, we have nothing to worry about in terms of creation outside ourselves at all, if this is the story we tell. But the problem with this story, though, is that it's not actually the right story. It's not the Christian story. It's not the story told in the Bible. The reasons why we've grabbed onto this other version of the story, the reasons are a bit too complex for our time together this morning. So if you want to stop me and be like, hey, Ryan, why do you think we grabbed onto that other version of the story? If you want to grab me at coffee time, I will gladly engage you in conversation. But this is not the story that the Bible tells or the story that the longer tradition bears witness to at all, even if this is the way we've told this story many times in our history. Because the way we've told this story, if this is the way we tell it, it's just too small. That story is just too small. It's just too small, and our story is much, much, much bigger. The scope is much broader than just you or me. Today's scripture passages are from the beginning of the Bible, the book of Genesis. We have our tree here, 
at the front. I don't know if you can see it, but the tree is still here, reminding us of this story. And the end of the Bible, the revelation of John, the beginning of the story, and the end of the story. And like most stories, we can get a pretty good idea about what the whole thing is all about. The point of the story from reading from beginning till end. And the story begins like this. In the beginning, it says, in the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth, or began to create, depending on which manuscripts you're working with, the early manuscripts. You'll notice in the short snippet that we read this morning that God creates day, God creates night, and God calls them good. And this continues progressively throughout each stage of the creation, all the way up to human beings. God creates and calls each thing good, from the smallest bacteria in your sink to the most majestic ancient cedar, the tiniest microbe on the back of the ugliest bottom feeder skimming across the bottom of the ocean to the sand on the beach, to fiery atoms at the heart of stars, to the broken hearts of suffering children. And not in anything any molecule ever did to deserve it, but because the whole universe is the object of the Creator's infinite, unconditional, ending, unending love, each thing in its uniqueness, not just humans, but all things, all creation. There's an inherent goodness to the universe that penetrates into every corner. The late, or the, the late great, very late great reformer, John Calvin, called creation the theater of God's glory. That we don't know God, God's beauty, God's love, offstage somewhere in a different place, but right here where our lives are playing out. All things bright and beautiful, as the old hymn goes, all creatures great and small, all things wise and wonderful, the Lord God made them all. There's your proof. All things, even my voice. God, you can blame God for that too. All things, human beings may be the climax, may be the pinnacle, may be the jewel in creation's crown, but all things are objects of the Creator's love, loved intrinsically for what they are, as they are. So if you get right down into the text, you realize that the idea of a world-denying faith is foreign to the Bible itself. The world, matter, existence, this is all, it's all good stuff because it's God's stuff. It's right there at the beginning. My body, your body, creation's good. It's good. It's very good. But it's unfinished. God's not done yet. It gets even better, at least. So fast forward to Revelation, the story at the end. The ecstatic vision given to John of Patmos, the end of time, the fulfillment of the story. The heavenly city of Jerusalem, the dwelling place of God, descends from the clouds, ready for a wedding. This is God setting up shop, God settling down for good. God making a home, not in heaven, but in the earth itself. 
every tear right wiped away, every wrong righted. See, God says, see, I'm making all things new. Trust me, it's true. Trust me, it's true. I'm making all things new. All things new. Not just some things. Not just you and the people you like, but all things. The story ends with God's good creation. Creation itself, creation as a whole, the object of God's everlasting love. God's goal from the beginning is the reclamation, the redemption, the completion of this world, creation itself. So the story ends with a new heaven and a new earth, a renewed heaven and a renewed earth. Heaven, God's full presence, and earth, the cosmos, the universe together, united at last in an everlasting embrace. The late theologian Dallas Willard once said, Christianity is less about us helping people get into heaven than it is about heaven getting into us. I love that. It's less about us helping people get into heaven than it is heaven getting to us here and now. Don't worry, I'm not denying that God is faithful to us in death. I'm not saying that. But it's part of a much bigger story, a much bigger picture. And for us, Jesus himself represents the beginning, the sneak preview of this final event, the completion of the work of Christ in his incarnation, in his becoming flesh, creation healed, creation made whole, as it was always intended to be. Our story isn't about each of our individual souls leaving this world for another. No, that story isn't our story because that story is far too small. Our story is so much bigger, more profound, more beautiful. It's about a whole new creation, the invasion of earth by heaven, transforming it and making it all new. That's about as big a story as it gets. It's about as big a story as it gets. And what it means for us is this. Rather than seeing our lives as having individual destinies, we have a shared destiny. All creation. We'll often use the phrase, God has a plan for your life, which is true, but only partially true. It's only partially true because God has a plan for all creation, and it includes each and every one of us. This plan isn't just for us, it's for all and includes us. And we, we have tasted, touched, come in contact with the God we meet in Jesus Christ. We have been given this glimpse of a new creation here and now. This new creation has touched down in our midst. And in joining Jesus on this path, we get to experience this new creation here and now together. That's what the church is all about. The incubator for the new creation. So, the Christian life is lived between creation and new creation. 
This is how we read the Bible from beginning to end and how we understand our own stories. It includes the healing of our lives. It brings about the sanctification, the transformation of our souls. But it will also lead us to know something of God's passionate love for all things. To see our kinship as fellow creatures with a common creator and a shared destiny. To know Christ is to know him and his passion on the cross is not only to know suffering on the behalf of humanity, but for the sake of all things. And his resurrection is God's power for life, the power at the heart of all things for the redemption, the salvation of all things. One that's pulling us towards the future, this end point, this end of the story, something we can grab onto here and now for dear life. Something that can give us reason to hope, even in hopeless times like ours. Hope in hopeless times. A hope for all the earth. The Christian story and living that story by the way of Jesus Christ is to not escape from the world and its sufferings because that story is way too small. No, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is our way into the love, into a love for the world and kinship with all creatures, a love for all the world, for the world in its deepest, most profound way. A love that begins at creation and ends with new creation. And like I said, it's about as big as a story gets. A story that begins with creation but ends with redemption, with God making all things new. This is my Father's world. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my Father's world. Why should my heart be sad? The Lord is king. Let the heavens ring. God reigns. Let the earth be glad. It's about as big as a story gets. So let the earth be glad, and let all God's people say amen. Amen.